Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. That's a pretty awesome song, and I feel like I'm a huge letdown to follow that song. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. I thought I should be dancing or something. I'm not doing any of those things. So uh, anyway, welcome to, uh, to Movement Church. My name is Mark. I have the privilege of, of being the lead pastor here, and I'm excited uh, for this series that we're, we're starting this week to, uh, to talk about generosity. Uh, some of you have, have met my parents. Some of you uh, have maybe been here as they visited, and I try to shield you all from interacting with my dad out of like a sixth grade embarrassment, right? But uh, there are some things uh, probably about everyone in the room, You probably some things that you would say, you know what, my parents are, are pretty normal. They, they did this well. I'm proud of the way they did this. There's some other things you might say, I'm a little embarrassed of my parents. Uh, I, I would say finances are, uh, are something... Uh, that, that I always looked up to my parents. Financially, I always thought, I, w- I want to be like them. Even at a young age, uh, they, they just seemed to, to know uh, what they wanted to be. And the things that they've been able to do with generosity over the course of their marriage, I always really respected and, and was proud of and wanted to, uh, to duplicate with my family. When we were, when we were growing up, we, uh, we had an allowance that we could earn. Uh, we would do things like going and getting the mail and carrying in uh, wood for the, the, the stove and, and practicing our instruments, you know, all of those fun things that you, you do as a child that you hate. But uh, my, my, my dad put those things in place because he wanted us to learn uh, the, the, the value of hard work work. He wanted us to learn how to, how to, how to save, how to, how to budget, how to, how to tithe, how to give money to God. And so he put those things in place and, and we were able to, to do those things. And so as Kristen and I have, have had children, I, I thought, man, that's something that I want to uh, replicate, something that I want to copy from my parents and something that I want to see happen. And so we, we put a lot of the same things in place. We, we had it set up so that they could earn an allowance and, and we gave them a talk. Some of you remember we showed a video one time talking about with my boys, how they, they would uh, put some money in a jar to, to bring to church and give to what God is doing, and we'd be excited about that. But uh, a couple of months ago, I walked out of this very service right here, and my second son, Canaan, was out in the lobby, and he was drinking a Gatorade. And I thought, that's weird, but maybe they gave a snack away today in Movement Kids or something. And honestly, I've seen my own kids uh, shame some of you into buying them things. They'll be out there and just be like, can I have a Gatorade, please? You know, or something like that. So I thought maybe he tricked someone. I was kind of embarrassed by it kind of respecting the hustle, too, because he could leverage his cute, cuteness, and so I thought, that's pretty cool, and so I walked out, and we, I didn't remember to ask him about it, and the next week, sometimes we get a little busy with teardown, but I remember seeing him um, eating a bag of chips, and I was like, okay, he did it again, I'm going to have to mention that to him, but I, I forgot, just completely forgot, you know, by the time you get out of here, we travel home in two cars, and, and the next week, I, I go out, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, Kanan has a bag of Doritos, a bag of powdered donuts, some lifesavers, and a bottle of flavored water. And I couldn't help but think, it's time to have a talk with little Kane. And so I walked up and I said, where are you getting this food? And can I have some of it? I'm really hungry, right? And uh, he's like, oh, Dad, I bought, it. I bought it with my allowance. And I was like, really? The allowance that I gave you? Fantastic, right? So I'm talking to him. Uh, this kid makes a dollar a week, right? So I start adding up the math of the things I've seen him buying. And I'm like, you're going through your allowance at like negative 10,000%, right? I was like, you're headed toward credit card debt, and I'm part of the problem. We've got to have a talk here, right? So well, the, the, the talk that we want to have today, this, this series on generosity, it's, it's a similar thing. There are, there are probably times in your life that you felt like, you know, what I've 
I've got my finances in order. I get this. I know what I make. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what the Bible says about money. I know what God wants, and, and everything's great. But I, I, I would have said those same things uh, about my family and about Canaan. And I think sometimes because of maybe things we want, things we desire, things we're looking forward to, things we see other people have, some of our, some of our views kind of drift a little bit. Or, or over time, some of our, our philosophy of, of money drifts, and, and we learn to just change our opinions and change our things. And so we like to, uh, about once a year as a church, come back to what the Bible says and, and talk about just what Jesus says about money. That's not to be this, this oddly religious group that's like, you need to give money to us, the church. And I completely own and recognize the awkwardness and the stigma of a pastor talking about money because people always think that. They always think like, oh, I get it. He wants a raise, right? Or he wants, he wants his kid to have a new car. And so he's got to talk about money this month. We're not doing this for that reason. We're talking about money because money is important. We're talking about money because the Bible talks about money a lot. And it's not the sake, not for the sake of religion or made up rules. It's because money gets at something deeper. Money gets at the essence of who we are. Money gets at where our heart is, where our thoughts are, where our life is. And so talking about money is talking about us as people at our inner core. And we're not doing this, like I said, for made-up rules or religion because we, we know and we trust that all of the discussion about money in the Bible flows out of relationship, right? If, if my kids come up to me and they're like, Dad, I'm really thirsty, and, and I know they're really thirsty, I'm probably going to say, I love you, and I'm going to spend some, some money. Let's, let's get you a water. Let's get you a Gatorade or maybe some powdered donuts just to make it better, right? And, and that flows out of relationship. We know and we trust that God loves us as his children. And we know and we trust that we're lost without Jesus. And yet Jesus came and gave his life so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could know God. He gave us his best. And so as we talk about money and we talk about our heart and we talk about our attitudes, all of this flows out of our relationship with God and recognizing that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, for us. All of this flows out of that sacrifice and it's our generosity that honors his generosity. And so that's the backdrop, that's the context. This is not meant to be empty or meant to just be us naming some rules and saying that everybody has to give a certain percentage or any church thing like that. We want our generosity to reflect God's generosity. And so we want to uh, look at a passage today. If you've got a Bible, I want to invite you to turn there. If you don't, there's probably a Bible under your chair, behind your chair, in front of your chair. You can just steal that from the person next to you. Don't look them in the eye because that'd be awkward. But just take the Bible and, and start opening that up. We're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 6. We'd love for you to turn there. Matthew chapter 6, first book in the New Testament. And we are going to be looking at verse 1 there. It's on page 737. If you've got one of those Bibles at your feet there, page 737. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to be skipping around in that chapter and reading some things. But go ahead and look at that. And if you don't have a, an easy-to-read copy of the Bible or you don't have a copy of the Bible, we would love for you to take that Bible home with you. We would love for that to be your Bible. We want you to be able to read that and, and study that and be inspired through the week and pursue a relationship with Jesus. So that, that Bible is our gift to you if you want to walk out of it with here today. There won't be any sirens or anything. But uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, page 737. Let me read this to us. It says this. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from the Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. 
give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. I'm going to pause there just for a second. This is the opening of that chapter, kind of setting a a backdrop for all of the things that we're going to talk about today and and right away getting to the point because half of what Jesus says in the New Testament is is sometimes to an audience that doesn't know him, an audience that we would say are are, are not Christians, are are lost. And and a lot of what he says is also to a group of of people that were involved in the church, involved in religion, and they were were the Pharisees and and they they thought they had their stuff together and they were telling everybody, hey, we're pretty awesome. Look at what we do, look at what we do. so often Jesus would set the record straight and try to clarify between both of those audiences. And so as this passage opens up, it's kind of that, that intersection of, of money and, and faith. And we all know that that feels kind of sticky and, and, and awkward. And we know there's a lot of pretense there and a lot of things. And sometimes we don't want to talk about that. But this really gets to the point. And it says, listen, you don't have to tell everybody what you're doing. You don't have to be recognized for what you're doing. But Jesus is setting the foundation and he's saying this, that giving is between you and God, right? He's saying that this isn't some public thing. This doesn't have to be advertised. You're not giving to impress people. If you were trying to impress people, we all know that we don't have enough money to impress people, right? And so this is more about the state of our hearts. Giving is between you and God. And and I love the way that it says, it says, but when you give to someone in need, verse three there, it doesn't say if. It doesn't say, hey, if you want to give to people in need, or if you want to give to God's work, or if you care about the church there, it says, it says when, and that's not God being arrogant, but God is just assuming again that he has been generous to us, and our generosity will respond to that. Our generosity will reflect his generosity. And so he's saying, when you give, because we should be active in giving. And he's, he's saying very privately here, giving is between you and God. He goes on to, to say something else. He, he basically points out the fact that giving is, is seen by God. Now, I don't say that to, to freak us out, like, oh, giving, God's watching. You better give 11.50 today at least, or you're gonna get struck by lightning on the way home, or anything like that. But just for us to know, God is aware of the things that we're doing. I think some of us like to think that, it, that at times, that, that oh, it, it doesn't matter, nobody's watching, I can do this, I can get by. And, and I want you to know that, that God loves us. Scripture tells us that God knows the, the hairs on our head and yes, I know I set myself up for a joke by saying that, so we'll just keep moving, all right? So, uh, but God is aware of who we are and where we are and what's going on in our lives and exactly what we, what we need from him, what we want from him. He is a loving father, and so he, he sees our hearts, he sees the state of our lives, and he sees our giving. I think sometimes it's just a good thing to recognize, to know that our, our giving is, is seen by God and our giving is between God and, and us, this verse, uh, this chapter goes on, verse 19, let's, let's skip down, it says this, don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Now, I know what you're all thinking, I haven't built anything with steel in my whole life, Mark, and I really don't have to fight with moths very much, right? It's a, it's a metaphor, people, all right? It's a metaphor. What, what this passage is, is saying is that a lot of the stuff that we put time and energy and thought and worry toward really doesn't matter for eternity. For instance, remember how last week I said if the calves lost that church was canceled today? That didn't matter for eternity, but I just want to point out that the Cavs didn't lose, okay? All right, in fact, they haven't really lost since then. It's been a really good week, and that doesn't matter for eternity at all, so why am I talking about that, okay? I don't know. Here's what matters for eternity. People matter for eternity. People's lives matter for eternity. 
Their souls matter for eternity, and the things that we do for God matter for eternity. Everything else can disappear in a fire and can rot and can rust and can be destroyed and can get flooded. And I don't say that to depress you, but let's be honest, all of the things that we really care about, I mean, how many of us worry about money and know that our our retirement could disappear tomorrow? How many of us know that our job could be taken from us tomorrow? How many of us know that the thing that we've been saving for, that new car, could be gone tomorrow? And yet we spend so much time and energy worrying about these things, and yet they can disappear. So giving is between you and God. Giving is seen by God. But here's what we can take from this. Giving matters for eternity. Because we have an opportunity to give to things that matter. We have an opportunity to give money back to God, to hold an open hand the things he's given us and say, God, I want you to use this portion of what you've given me and I want you to build your church. I want to work. I want you to do work. I want you to do whatever you want to do because you're God and you're in charge and you've given me all of this. I want you to do something that will matter for eternity. And so when we give money to God, when we give money to the church, it's going to have eternal impact. I know and I trust that, that our church supports church planning in Haiti. Many of you know we work down there with Breathe Partners, and I can't wait until some of us get to see people in heaven who, who came to know Jesus in Haiti that we've never actually met, didn't know their name, but the money that we gave, the time and energy that we gave, the focus that we gave had eternal impact, and there will be people that will be in heaven because of the things that, that we have done. And so there's a lot of things that we could say about money, but I I want you to know that giving matters for eternity because God is doing eternal work that cannot be destroyed, that cannot be taken away. An investment in someone's life, in someone's eternity, in someone's soul is something that, that matters forever. This passage goes on to say this, verse 21, it says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Here's the honest truth, guys. Money reveals where our heart is. This passage says it very clearly that wherever our money is, that's where our focus is going to be. Wherever we're investing our money, we're going to be watching that thing closely and intimately. Wherever our money is, is is kind of like where our eyes are for our body. I can't look over there and run over here, right? It's just not possible. And so where your money is, your focus and your time and your energy and your attention are going to be there. And that's not bad. God created us. God created this life we know. God created mankind. God created culture. God created companies. He created all of the things that we know that contribute to our financial system. He let those things be. And, and so I've got to think that he's using money as a, as a tool. I had a friend a couple of years ago. 
he got fed up with his financial planner and he's like, I'm going to do my own investing now, right? And I was like, I think that's a terrible idea. He's like, I'm going to do it. I saw this commercial. You can just do it online. It's like $4 a transaction. I'm like, all right, I think you're going to lose it all, but here we go, you know? So he, he, I, I finally was able to convince him that he was not maybe a financial planner. And he's like, I'm just going to start slow. I'm going to buy a few shares, right? And uh, he's like, I've been watching. You ever notice people really like that Target place? And I was like, whoa, what a revelation. Yes, I have heard of Target. That's incredible, right? So he's like, I'm going to buy a couple of shares of Target stock, right? And so he, he puts like, I don't know, like $50 in there. He has like three shares or something or whatever at the time. And he was looking that up like twice a day. Like every night he would be looking at the paper and he'd be pulling stuff up on his phone. He's like, Target went up four cents today. And I'm like, whoa, are you serious? That's incredible. And, and I was always making fun of him and you're all laughing at him and don't know him. He wasn't kidding, Right. He really cared because he had like 50 or $60 in there because he had a little bit of his money invested. Suddenly like Target and Target stock was his everything. He stopped getting on Facebook. He would just, he would just get onto the stock exchange and like watch, watch the, the needle and be like, I'm making money. This is awesome, right? And, and he, completely, he completely basically captured the, the fact that wherever our money is, our, our heart is going to be and our feelings are going to be. And some of you have a lot more than three shares of Target stock invested in things, right? Some of us have a a lot more invested in our retirement. We have a lot more invested in our home and we have a lot more invested in an extra car and a lot of things. And I don't mean to vilify all those things or say that they're bad, but wherever your money is, your heart's going to be invested there. Wherever your money is invested, you're going to care about that and it's going to own your thoughts and it's going to own everything you are. And so I think we have to be aware of of something that, that if we want to steer our heart toward God, If we want to focus our time and energy toward God, if we want to say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, I love Jesus, my life is is given to him, my life is, is, is on that path, my life is headed toward him, then your money has to be on that same path. And so here's our our big idea for this morning. It's just this. God wants your your heart more than your money. God wants your heart more than your money, but he uses your money to capture your heart. That's just the way it is. That's how God invented this economy. He invented this economy, and our money and our heart are one and the same. You cannot detach your money from your heart. Some of us have tried. Some of us like to think, well, yeah, I give money to that, but I'm over there, and I really care about the thing, and God's saying, no, no, I invented the money and the heart, and I know how this works, right? I'm the one that gets to to pick those things, and he's saying you can't detach your money from your heart, and so wherever your money is going, that's where your heart is, and God doesn't need our money, but it's the tool that he uses to guide our hearts and guide our emotions and guide our thoughts and keep us focused and aligned on him, and so I have to ask this simple question today. Is your heart focused on God? And the same question would be, is your money focused on God? Now, I don't mean to say, hey, you need to sign over your whole paycheck right now, but I just, I just mean to ask, are you responding to God's generosity in your life with generosity of your own back to him? Some people think it's weird when churches talk about money and ask for money, but here's a principle that works in our culture. If someone shows up at your house with a bottle of wine, they just paid for that, Right? They could have drank that on the way to your house if they wanted to. They could have, they could have had that bottle of wine. They're, they're giving that to you, and yet the first thing that you do is open that bottle of wine and offer them a drink and give some back to them, right? That's, that's weird. They just bought it for me. Why would I have to give it back to them? And, they, and yet, that's, that's what God is saying. It's a, it's a simple concept that we, we understand when it, when it comes to hosting a party at our house. Oh, you just gave that to me? Let me honor your generosity by giving a portion back to you. 
You want to you drink? Let's open this bottle of wine. That's, that's what we can do with our hearts. We can say, God, you've been so generous. I can never match your generosity. I can never completely be as generous as you. You're God, and I'm, I'm nothing, but I want my heart to be focused on you. I want my heart to be given to you, and so my money is going to be given to you. My money is going to be focused on you. So I want to just ask that question. Is your money, is your financial situation, is your heart and your head and your worry and your anxiousness and all of you given to God and surrendered with your finances? That can look a, a few different ways. But I think a question for us as we, as we talk about the mindset this week and we'll talk about methods and other things in the coming weeks, a good first step would just be to say, have have I had that thought? What, what's my financial strategy so that my heart is, is pointed toward God? It's not bad to save and think about retirement. It's not bad to put food on the table for your kids. But if you want to say that your heart is pointed toward God, then your money has to be given to God in some way. And so I think a question to ask would, would be, what's my financial strategy? Have I, have I given money to, to God? Maybe you'd say, yeah, I've done that. And yet some of us know that something just doesn't feel right. I think you could ask, have I consistently given money to God? Let's be honest. We, we all consistently give to Netflix, right? They consistently get their $14.95 a month and we consistently give to our mortgage and we consistently make our car payment and our college loans. And so the things that we're really let steering our life, we're, we, we've got something set up. We're consistently giving to them. And that's okay. Have you consistently given money to God? Maybe you're, you're at a spot where you're saying, I want to I wanna raise the awareness and the energy of my heart and my life. I want to I want to change and increase what I've been giving. I want to give more to God because I want my heart and my life to be pointed to him. Maybe there's someone in the room that would say, I want to, I want to begin giving more sacrificially. I was in a spot when I finished college and God has blessed me and I paid off my loans and I got my first home and we have two incomes and we're at this spot now and I want to be more given to God. I don't say this as a guilt trip because I feel confident that God's not lying to us and scripture is true. If you want your heart to be given to God, your finances in some way have to be given to God. And we don't get to say, oh, that's not true because we didn't invent the heart and we didn't invent money and we didn't invent life. God's the author and creator of all those things and he's saying that our heart and our finances are the same thing. He doesn't, he doesn't need our money. He's great. But he uses our money to steer our heart and you can use your money as a steering wheel for your heart your money and your heart given to God. Let me pray as we continue to, to worship. God, thank you that you make life so clear in your word. God, it's not always easy, but you've said very plainly that our hearts can be given to you and that we can control that in some ways with a willful decision. And so, Lord, I know that there's probably a lot of things being whispered in our ear by the world and, and by Satan and, and yet God we want to be a church of people that are given to you and so I pray today as we worship as we reflect on your generosity and the gift of your son that we'll reflect on the things that you've given to us and the ways that we can respond I pray that that we'll be excited about taking one more step and, and letting our life look a little more like you tomorrow than it did today God, help us to, to be open to life change. Help us to be open to 
taking one more step of obedience. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for being generous. And thank you for working in us, God. It's in your name I pray. Amen.